Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. My name is Abraham officially, right? Um, and I am the campus pastor. And welcome to all the first-time visitors. I am glad that you are with us today. And I pray that the Lord will speak to you, minister to your heart, because we are in Daddy's house. This is not church for me. It's Papa's house, Abba. I know in, in, in uh, they also say Baba. Baba. I love saying Baba. And um, I've been watching The Chosen. So when they say Abba, they say Baba. And I'm like, Baba. Um, so anyways, I am going to just go right into the message. I know I have this music playing on the background, and I asked for it specifically. You could bring a little bit up, just a little bit. Because I want to speak from a perspective of love, right? And I, many years ago, so the, the title of this message is uh, Restoring Destiny. All right? That's what I want to speak about, Restoring Destiny. And all I'm going to do is I'm really just going to read through the book of Ephesians. God's been rocking my world through Ephesians, like, like in a really extreme way. Like, I feel like I've been falling into the pages of Scripture. I feel like Scripture is not, uh, uh, the Bible is not a book. It's a place. And I know for you that don't have too much imagination, uh, this might break some stuff in your head. But you had it when you were a child. You were very good when you were a child at your imagination. Then you grew up and you think you knew everything. So you forgot. And you forgot to use your, your, your mind and your heart. But when God fills your heart and you read the scripture through love, I was born and raised in the church. So I knew how to like, the Lord is my shepherd. Ah, shout out one. You know, and it never painted a picture until my mom was going through cancer in 2014, 2015, 2016. And I began to have really profound encounters with Jesus. And one day I was reading the Bible, Psalm 23. And I was reading it that way. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. In your mind, you kind of like get used to just listening to preachers. And you kind of adapt that behavior. But it doesn't mean that's God. Not everything that people do is God. I'm not saying what I'm doing is God. I use my revelation of God. You got to go have your own revelation of God. And the Lord came into my room and he said, what are you doing? And I said, reading the word. And he said, like that? And I was like, like what? He's like, with that tone? I was like, uh, yeah. And he goes, is that how I speak to you? I was like, oh, no. That's not how you speak to me. He goes, how do I speak to you? So I remember quoting Jeremiah 29, 11. I closed my eyes and I, says, I said, for I know the plans that I have for you. They're not plans to harm you. They are plans to bless you. There are plans to give you a future and a hope. And he goes, from now on, read my word like that. So then I began reading the word, and I'm like, oh, no way. No way, that's there? Heaven is here? You don't, you don't have no idea that heaven is revealed. You act like you don't know the mysteries of heaven. You act like you don't know who you are. Because you're not reading it in love. You're reading it because you want to go have an argument in the street with somebody. You're reading scripture because you feel like you need to get somebody saved and converted. But has it transformed your heart? 
has it healed your heart? Because the kingdom of heaven is of the children. Do you love like a child? Do you forgive like a child? Do you live like a child? I'm not talking about being childish. I'm talking about being a child. Are you in love with daddy? Is God just God? Is God going to smite me? Or have you discovered the love of the father? Because let me tell you, the love of the father hit me. And I was like, oh, my God, we're wrong. <laughs> and then he said, you're going to go to the churches and tell them. I'm like, oh, no, they'll kill me. <laughs> God literally took me to heaven and showed me his might and his wonder. And I thought I made it. I, I could see earth all the way over there. Like, I'm running in green pasture. It was like a cloud with grass on it. Yeah, in a river. And then earth was over there. And he's like, oh, Abraham. Because they don't even call me Abraham in heaven. They call me Abraham. So when you get there, don't call me Abraham because I'm not going to respond. My name in heaven is Abraham. That's how daddy calls me. The very first time he called me, I, my spirit just like, I don't even know. It just came out. Like, I heard my name for the very first time, and, and it wasn't what I was always called. He called me something else. It was the same name, but with a different tone. I'm telling you, and it was like, hey, he said, you're going to go back now. I'm like running at him. I mean, he was really big. I'm, the Lord is big. I just thought it was a metaphor. The Lord is big. No, no. It's really real. It's not on earth. You don't see it that way. But wait until you get there. You're going to be like, oh, wait, you told us that he, I, I, I mean, we were singing it our whole life. He has the whole world in his hands. He has the whole wide world in his, and, but we don't think it's literal. It's not physical literal. I call it spiritual literal. When you go there, you're going to be like, oh, no way. Like, wait. So everything we read, it's a real, it's, it's exactly what it says. I promise. And then you come to earth, people think you're crazy. <laughs> I, no, I mean it. I mean over there. I understand here we got to bring an explanation to all things and a metaphor because people don't understand. So we got to go study words just to get to the word. There was no words when God created everything. There was no words. It was just word, a person called word. And that, that person word began to speak little words to manifest something here but now we need all these words here to explain that there right sounds like a riddle but it's not a riddle it's reality and he said I was going to come to earth and preach I was like no please no you could send somebody else he convinced he told me look at me and I turned my face and I was like no he was really big behind me and he's like Abraham look at me I was like no you think I don't know you I know you you want me to look at you because they'll take one glance from your eyes and you'll convince me to go back. And I don't want to go back. I want to stay here. He tickled me, picked me up. I laughed and I looked at him. And then he pushed me down to earth. He put his finger right here and he pushed me down. And because I was staring at his eyes, his eyes are burning flames of fire. It's exactly what it says. Yeah, on earth you explain it as he loves you so much. That is like an intense fire. But when you get to look at his eyes, you're going to be like, oh, my goodness. I have never seen eyes like that. You've seen love in people's eyes, but you've never seen fire in his eyes. Oh, and they're the blue flame. They're not even the, the red flame because it's the most intense part of the flame, the burning hot part. He just loves you with such an intense 
apart. And then it was like a spiral that went on and on forever. And I'm like, oh my God, Lord, you love us eternally. It's forever that you love us. And then he pushed me down, and here I am. 12, 13 years later, like Jesus Christ, still waiting for that day. But I no longer cry. I cried. I used to have a fit when I gave the testimony. I used to cry. You ever were little and your parents left you somewhere and you didn't want to stay? You all did it. You just don't remember. Don't leave me, mommy. Not here. You wanted to go with mommy? I did the same thing when the Lord pushed me down to earth. I didn't want to be here. But he called me. He chose me to share some good news. And there's another person in Scripture that had an encounter with God. He was baptized with love. And that was Paul. Paul was the hater of the church. He literally was there when Stephen was being stoned. And Stephen's like, I see. He was seeing the glory. The rocks weren't even doing nothing. They could crush his physical body, but they could never crush his spirit. Because he saw the living God. I'm telling you, he saw it. I've seen stuff like that. People think I'm crazy. I'm like, I promise. I know what I'm seeing right now. I see it. He saw it. And this body fell. Well, he was like, woohoo, I made it. Thank you for the favor. Your enemies are working in your favor and you don't even know it. Every weapon formed against you will not prosper. The Lord says that everything the enemy created to destroy you, God turns it around to bless you. So that means it's okay that weapons are being formed. It's okay that they spoke bad about you. It's okay that they judge you. It's okay that they bashed you. But God's about to turn it around. God needs an ingredient, and it's the enemy's weapon. I'm telling you that shame, the abuse, the addiction, what is it? What, what did you go through? What did they do to you that God cannot transform? Religion. Oh, my God. God loves to take religion and mess it up. Talk to Paul. Talk to me. I was born and raised in the church. I left the church, went into crazy wickedness far from God because I was crushed by religion. But thank you, religion. High five. I like religion. You did a good job. Because if not, I would have been religious. I needed an encounter with Jesus. I needed to be pulverized. You, everything you've been through, everything you've gone through, everything that's made you cry was the perfect ingredient to make you cry. The Lord says, cry out to me. You see, all those people had to leave you so you could cry out to God. You had to lose that job. You went through all the hell that you went through simply to learn to cry because he needed a cry. So he can answer. Everybody cried. And he answered. And then you discovered how faithful he was. Right? They told you, not you. And then God's like, you're like, how can you love somebody like me? And then he shows up. He's like, because that's what I do. And you're like, no, no. That was me. I was like, no, no, you can't touch me. I was like, no, no, don't touch me. Not like this. I failed. I've seen. I'm dirty. He goes, uh, that's exactly how I want you. It's not exactly how he kept me, but a mechanic needs a broken car, and a dentist needs some dirty teeth, and a doctor needs somebody sick so he could do his job. And Jesus needed your broken soul to make you whole. So he's taking broken people and making them the people of the kingdom. Now you are royalty. You're a queen. You... Look, let me tell you about you. 
Can I tell you about you? I hear the Lord saying, you are as pure as a lily. That's how pure you are. <laughs> and you, you know what you are? <laughs> no. But what the Lord is doing is changing your systems. The Lord says, you thought for too long that you had to dress the part. And now I've called you to be the part. Because you are a laborer. So I've moved, removed you from the pulpits. I removed you from that identity to show you that you are a co-laborer with Christ. You are co-laboring. You are going out into the fields and you're working with daddy. You're getting your hands dirty with daddy. Okay, you're gathering the harvest with daddy. That's what he's doing. Yes. You thought you were just going to sit in a chair for the rest of your life. But God says, no, I called you. You are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you will speak everywhere you go in the name of Jesus. And you're also a co-laborer because you're giving birth with him. You're birthing a new generation with the Lord. A generation of revivalists. A generation of men and women that will learn to bow down at the altar. Not stand prideful at the altar, but bow down at the altar. Jesus. So, yes. So, Paul <laughs> was baptized with love. He was baptized with love, the enemy. Like he literally partook. So it's okay if you were religious. It's okay if you hurt somebody. It's okay if you got hurt. I hurt people. I did not only got hurt. Let me tell you something. Hurt people hurt people. So because I was hurt, I hurt a lot of people. I played a lot of messed up games in my days. But the Lord met me. And the Lord began to redeem and heal and restore. And his fire is real. The fire of the Holy Spirit is real. And that fire consumed Paul. See, everybody's like, oh, God is not, well, the, the vision, God is love, but God is also a consuming fire. That's how the religious say it, right or wrong. You're like all happy, like, I feel the fire of God. And they're like, I feel the love of God. Well, God is love, but also a consuming fire. And they just make it mean. But it's more like this. It's like, hey, brother, God is love. And also a consuming fire. <laughs> you see the difference? He's both. He's going to consume all that garbage. Talk to Moses. Consuming fire that doesn't consume, doesn't destroy you. It destroys the junk. It destroys the sin. It destroys the wickedness. It destroys the chains. It destroys the bondage. But you are his child. It's like a dog that you have. It caught fleas. Do you throw the dog away? Did you kick your dog out because it had fleas? Or did you buy that shampoo and tweezers? Oh, my God. What a tedious job. My little peanut got fleas. And I'm over there like, peanut, where did you go, peanut? But I love peanut too much. I'm not going to throw peanut out. So why would God throw you out? Why would God throw you out? He came to cleanse you of your sin. He came to heal you, to love you. He's literally loving the hell out of you. He's going to squeeze you. Ever, you ever, you could deliver people with a hug. You could deliver people with an encouraging word. You want depression to get off somebody? Speak them a word of life. It's like it just hits them. You want somebody to get saved in the streets? Don't tell them about hell. Tell them about Jesus. Everybody could go out and talk about how you're going to burn. You're going to burn. You're going to burn. You're going to burn with the Holy Ghost. That's what you're going to burn with. 
because he did not die on the cross for you to go to hell. He died on the cross so you could have salvation, so you could have eternal life. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world that in him all of us, all of us, all our family, all our friends, and all our enemies could be saved because you want your enemies saved. If you had a real encounter with Jesus, you want your enemies saved. I can't even get into Ephesians. Come on, let's get into Ephesians. So Paul was in love. Paul was in love. So you ever seen one of these movies where they're writing a love letter? You ever seen one of those movies? Like, my beloved, you're the joy to my heart, and I miss you so much, and I can't wait till the day that you come back from war. You ever, you ever seen one of a movie like The Notebook? Come on, come on. Any lovers in here? Anybody loves romance? Come on. <laughs> so this is how I see the letters from Paul. So this might give you, a, I'm not going theological, my pardon. I did theology school. and didn't do not, You know what happened to me after I went to theology school? I backslid. I walked away from church. And I said, hypocrites, I never want to be part of this again. Because I saw them turn their back on the hungry. I saw them laughing. I saw them counting souls like it was money. And I said, I will never be part of that. So I walked away. If a homeless can walk into the church, if a lesbian or gay can come into the church and experience the love of God, I want no part of that church. Because he came to find that which is lost. He came to heal that which is sick. He came to give sight to that which is blind. And if we're not doing that, then what are we doing? Are we simply just wasting our time? I don't want no part of that. And then Jesus says, you're the right guy. He's like, I'm taking you to the church. They'll kill me. He's like, then you'll make it here. Oh, okay, great deal. Let's go. If you kill me, you're doing me a favor. If you talk bad about me, you're doing me a favor. Because every curse turns into a blessing, baby. I need somebody to talk bad about me. Because more blessings are going to come. Don't you know that everything you say against me, anything that's said against you, the Lord is around you like a shield, and it needs to get through the Lord to get to you, and anything that goes through the Lord is transformed? I went through the Lord, and Jesus Christ has changed my life. Everything is transformed that touches the Lord. You cannot see the Holy One and not be transformed. You cannot stand in the presence of God and not be transformed. Something happens. So those weapons, those curses, those accusations, all of them. Thank you, guys. I went to my old churches and I said, thank you. They were confused. What are you talking about? I said, like, you did a good job as my hammer. What? I was like, yeah, I, I needed somebody to crush me. So I needed somebody to make me cry. When I was going through the crying and the crushing, I didn't understand. But when I encountered Jesus... And then he showed me everything that was working for my good. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell them thank you. And I went back. I traveled all the way to New Jersey. And I went to all my old churches, my pastors that humiliated and shamed me, the ones that didn't believe in my God's calling in my life, the ones that turned their backs on me. And I went, I'm, I'm here to say I'm sorry. They're like, what? Well, I'm sorry I got mad at you. They're like, he's up to something. He must have a gun in his pocket. He's about to kill us. Oh, you want to see some ushers nervous? Because they were all part of the plan. I remember their faces. I mean, if you go to church and they look back and they're like, he's back. Ten years, but he's back. What is he doing here? It took ten years for me to encounter the glory of God. It took ten years for God to work in my heart. But then God showed me what love was. 
So I went back and I said, thank you. They're like, what? I'm here to say I love you. I'm here to say I'm sorry. No, 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 no. We're sorry. Ah, confession. Yay. It took me to say I'm sorry to the ones that hurt me so then they could say I'm sorry. That's favor. That's not boasting. Pride had them so bound that the person they hurt had to go in there. They were so ashamed with what they did. They know what they did. They were full of so much burden that the enemy wouldn't let them go. They're still preaching in churches, but ooh, that pride has them there. You could never admit you made a mistake. But he who doesn't confess his sin cannot receive forgiveness for their sin. It's available. But when you confess, you receive it. So you know what? God took me there to bless them. Be like, hey, I'm sorry. No, we're sorry. Every church I was like, oh, we're sorry. We're supposed to tell you we're sorry. I was like, well, it took you too long. So God had to work at my heart. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because in heaven we're friends. In heaven we're family. We are family. Even those people that hurt you, they love you. And in heaven, they sit in front of you at the table. They do. The Lord said it, Psalm 23, and he prepares a table in presence of who? Your friends, your mama, your daddy, uh-uh, your pastor. No, no, no. Your enemies. Hey, we're going to sit together, whether you like it or not. The people that messed you up, they're going to sit in front of you. So learn to love. And when you discover that secret, then you're going to go love on them. And they're not going to get it. They're going to think you're crazy. But it's the truth. And then I said, thank you. Thank you for what? Well, I didn't understand. When I wanted to see God's glory, I became a nail. But you were the hammer. God needed a hammer to bash me, to break me, to drive me to my knees. I needed something that was going to make me cry out to the Lord. I needed something that was going to break me to cry out, Abba, God, I need you. And I was like, and you were the character used to break me, but you did such a good job. Man, you made me cry so good. I was like, you made me cry so good. Look, you made me cry so good that Jesus showed up for real. He showed up and he messed my life up. And look where I'm at. I even said I will never step foot in this church again. And then I come 10 years later like, hi, guys. They're like, "Uh uh-oh, murder alert. No, I'm only going to murder the devil. And you know how you murder the devil? With love. You go find your friends because those people, you used to pray with those people before. Don't allow the devil to blind you so much that you forgot the moments you spent in God's presence with them. The moments you prayed with them. The moments you got, you got baptized with the Holy Ghost for the first time with them. You spoke in tongues for the first time with them. And yet the vision came. But don't remember the trial. Remember the blessing before the trial. And it will lead you to love people to repent and let go. Let's go to Paul because I'm never going to get to Paul. So he's in love, guys. He's not angry. Too many, too many religious people are reading the scriptures and they're reading it angry. And, it, and I, I, I used to read it angry and now I can't find it. Like I read it over and over. All week I've been reading it over and over again. And I'm like, where did I get this anger from? Because I cannot find it. And it says, first of all, he says, dear friends, dear friends. Does that sound angry? No, it's a love letter. So I'm going to read it to you like a love letter. Dear friends, my name is Paul. And he's writing to us now. That letter has traveled through time. 
and ages. That letter has traveled from one land to another. That letter has traveled from generation to generation to generation, from story to story. And now that letter has arrived into this room. A letter of love written thousands of years ago. But it was written in love. It was never written in religion. This man went into the heavenly place. And this man saw things that other people have never seen. And he heard things that no ear has heard. And let me tell you, for a man, he see, he didn't encounter hell. He encountered heaven. He was blind for three days on earth. But one day for God is like a thousand years. So I think he was in heaven for 3,000 years. If you look at it from spirit perspective. If you've never been up that way, it's totally different. So he goes, dear friends, my name is Paul. And I was chosen by God to be an apostle of Jesus, the Messiah. I'm writing this letter to all the devoted believers. Any devoted believers in the house? So this letter's for you. I am writing this letter to all the devoted believers who have been made holy. Anybody been made holy? <laughs> You've been made holy even if you don't believe it. Oh, if you know Jesus, he sanctifies. Oh, he has a fire that renews and restores the soul. It's who he is. Who have been made holy by being one with Jesus, the anointed one. May God himself, the heavenly father of our Lord Jesus Christ, release grace over you. <laughs> grace over you. <laughs> Look at somebody go, grace over you. Grace over you. Yes. <laughs> and may he impart total well-being into your lives. I impart total well-being in the name of Jesus. May the Lord just impart in this room total well-being. Every spiritual blessing in heaven, in the heavenly realm, has been lavished. <laughs> lavished. <laughs> past tense, eternal tense. It's already happened. I know on earth we're trying to figure it out. But you should see it from the heavenly perspective. Take the elevator. Go up to glory real quick. Just take a glimpse. Like, what does it look like? You need to ask God, God, what do I look like in eternity? What do I look like in heaven? If you discover who you are, let me tell you, you're going to be the best evangelist because you're going to want to tell everybody who they are. It's not like, ooh, I, I saw myself in heaven and now I'm the great thing. Oh, no, that's not how it works. When you see yourself in eternity, you're like, oh, my God, they're beautiful. Like, you literally see people in their beauty. You're like, oh, my God, they don't even know how beautiful they are. People think I'm a good evangelist. I am not a good evangelist. I just saw them in heaven. And I'm like, oh, my God. I go to the streets and preach to the worst sinners. We're like, you're like, ooh, you're going to talk to that person? I'm like, oh, my God, you don't know, but they're royalty. And I go, excuse me, miss. Do you not know that you're a queen? Oh, let me tell you about you. And people start weeping in the streets like, how do you know so much about me? I'm like, I've met you before. <laughs> I met you before. <laughs> you get it? In <laughs> the before. <laughs> and people get whacked out on the power of God in the streets. Accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because in their spirit, they know. It's, in, it's not on the outside. It's not in the mind. It's in your innermost being. You're like, oh. You know the real me. So he says, every spiritual blessing has been lavished upon us. As a love gift, all the spiritual blessings are just a love gift from our wonderful heavenly Father 
the father of our Lord Jesus. The father of our Lord Jesus is our father. Say it. He's my father. Say it. Uh, he's my father. You got to take ownership of your relationship with dad. All because he sees us wrapped in Christ. Wrapped. Jesus is holding all, every single one of us. And he's like, dad, I love this one. You ever had a kid, moms, right? You took your kids to the pet shop. They're like, mom, I love this one. And you're like, oh, my God, my baby loves that one. And then you love it because your kid loves it. I, I see the father like that. Like, I see the Jesus going, grabbing this brother. And he's like, dad, I love this little guy. And he's like, and I love him too. And then Jesus runs over here. He's like, God, I love this little queen right here. And God's like, I love her too. You know you were made for his delight, right? You were made for his pleasure. God, we could stay there for the rest of the day. This is why we celebrate him with all our hearts. Because he sees us. And in love, in love, say in love, he chose us. He chose us in love before he laid the foundation of the universe. You got to see the, you got to look over there to the beginning. Look way over there to the beginning. Wait, God was making everything. You know, before, when God was making everything, he already had chosen you. He's like, I'm going to make this world, these things to put them in there. It was already in his heart. This whole journey, this whole story. I don't know if somebody here is a painter or somebody is an author and you like writing stories. But you create a story and you're like, I'm going to create this character. And I'm going to take them through this journey. Oh, but the end of this character, this is going to be the story. There's going to be the ending. You know, somebody wrote that story, Cinderella. And they had to think of a girl. And she's going to go through these hard times. And she's going to be rejected. Her father's going to die. Her stepmother's going to use her. Her sisters are going to kick her out. They're not going to like her. So, oh, but she has a beautiful song. And this person wrote the story. And this person that wrote this story knew the moment when breakthrough would happen. The moment she gets to go to the castle. Are we not also waiting to go to the mansions? Uh, hello. Aren't we all waiting for our turn in the, I don't know, but I don't know about you, but I am going to dance with Jesus. I'll be like, please. And I'll go last. I don't want to go first. Because if you go first or second or third, you know, there's other people after you. So you got to cut it short. But me, I want to be last. I'll be like, we're going to dance for a long time. I waited for this moment. Watch. Some, some of you might be thinking I'm talking foolishness. But wait till we get there. And I look at you and go, clink. <laughs> and then you're just going to laugh. You're not going to be mad. You're going to be like, ha, ha, ha. He was right the whole time. Praise the Lord. That's what you're going to say. <laughs> I know it sounds cocky on earth. But I'm not being cocky. I'm being confident in the Lord. <laughs> it's like everything gets twisted when it comes down to earth. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, not sorry, I guess. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to tell you how much he loves you. Because I found out how much he loves me. I'm not even being greedy with it. I'm like, take it, take it, somebody take it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to just be a fountain of bread for the rest of my life. Like, hey, free bread. Anybody wants bread? Anybody wants goodness? Anybody wants faithfulness? Anybody wants the love of the Father? Hello? It's overflowing. And it doesn't even go to waste. <laughs> it does not go to waste. Hallelujah. I'm drunk, by the way, if you need to know. I'm, I'm like sweating up a storm. I'm on fire. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Because of his great love, he ordained us. 
you were ordained before man ordained you. You were ordained in the beginning. So that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. I know maybe you got raped. I know you maybe got molested. You got abused. You got abandoned. Maybe you slept around. But God says your innocence is unstained because of him, not because of us. He removes all the stains and he takes that wedding dress and he makes it pure and white. Even though maybe you dragged it on the ground. Maybe it got filthy and dirty, but he picked it up and he washed it and he cleansed it for you with his blood. See, on earth, blood stains, but in heaven, blood cleanses it's the opposite kingdom the kingdom of heaven is the opposite to the kingdom of man for it was always it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us he always knew what he was gonna do you'll see when you get there you're gonna be like wow we went through all that and we thought God wasn't even with us but it was always in his plan to adopt us as his not children. You're not just his children. You are his delightful children. Through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us. You know what's a cascade? A waterfall. The love of God. You don't see it right now. But wait, 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 wait till you get there. You're going to be like, really? I'm like, guys, I told you. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. You think there's not a, a river? There is a river. There's many rivers. And it's a river of love cascading. We're going to jump in there like, oh, my God, we get to dance in the river. We hear the song now. We're dancing the river. We don't even know what we're singing. But you should see it in the spirit. We sing that same song in the river over there. We're like, we're dancing in the river. We, we, we really are. Splash, splash, splash. Wait until you get there. Wait until you get there. And that love inundates our soul. So as we experience that love eternally, we come to earth and we love people. Even when people are mean, when people are foolish against us, we love them. We bless them. We get to bless our enemies because the love of God is inundating our soul. The love of God is cascading and constantly washing us. They hurt you. He's like, come back. Come back into the, they hurt you. You went back and you told them the story, how, how God spoke to you and how God told you they love you. Some people are going to come to you and tell, I'll tell you right now. They're going to be like, girl, they lied to you. Just come back home. Leave them. Come and listen to the truth. Daddy loves you. Daddy loves you. You should be like, you know what? Bye. I've let go of friendships. I let go of people. They're like, God could never do it. You, the devil is a lie. Goodbye. If somebody's telling you God can't do it with you, they're lying to you. They're lying to you. Now, they're telling you repent. Yeah, repent. But repent comes with, I don't believe in people repenting without revelation. You need a revelation of his love and all of a sudden you're like in hate you're in, in depression you're looking for people to love you and then you discover his love and you keep walking forever the other way that's repentance it's just like something has to capture you first his love is capturing you his love is bringing you in so that his tremendous love that cascades over us will glorify his grace for the same love Say the same love. The same love he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for you. Think about that. Sometimes we think it's a different love. 
and it's the same love. Jesus said, hey, with the same love that the Father has loved me, I have loved you. Now love one another. It's not, how do you love people? How do you love that community? How do you love that community? How do you love? Uh, with the same love. Is that easy? Because there's not another love, guys. I'm sorry. If you're looking for another love for your enemy, no. The same way you love your mama, your daddy, your kids, you got to love your enemy. That it's one love. There's not many loves. That's on earth. We act like there's many loves. In heaven, in eternity, there's one love. The love of God. The love of God. I mean, in heaven, it does sound a little bit easier than down here. But we need to practice heaven here. We need to bring heaven here. That's the way it works. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as in heaven. So we take a, we take a peek, and now we grab it and bring it down. If, you, if you're these prophetic people that, oh, I just go to glory, okay. And what are you doing with glory? Hey, hey, come back now. If God wants you to stay in glory, get ready. You're about to die. You got to leave earth. You can't be on earth and stay in glory. No, you go to glory. Grab as much as you can and help move heaven to earth. Hey, I want all of us to start going to heaven and just, hey, come on, let's go. Let's, oh, we, Jesus, come. And Jesus is like, uh, I need movers. Let's be the movers. Let's move heaven and bring it to earth. And you move it through love. You move it through peace. You move it through joy. You move it through hope. You move it through salvation. Somebody getting a clear picture? Right? It's pretty, but it's beautiful. <laughs> Some people are like, dude, this must be a joke. Oh, I'm not. I'm pretty serious. Let me tell you something. And if you want me to give a shout and a rebuke, I could do it too. <laughs> it's in love. It's in love. What the world needs is some people full of the love of God that will go through the highways and byways and compel them to come. He's good. If the, all the churches, hey, he's good. Oh, he's, he, churches are not even testifying. We get up and give a sermon of what they experienced in the days of old. But what is God doing in this season? The world needs to know what is God doing today. If this is the day that the Lord has made, we need to rejoice and be glad in it. We need to tell people the goodness. But if people see us quiet, if people see us miserable, then what are we bringing? Amen? I'm almost, almost. <laughs> and this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Since we are now joined to Christ... We have been given the treasures of redemption by his blood. You got treasures you don't even know. The total, look, and you want to know what the treasure is? This is the treasure right here. And I'm telling you, this better make you shout. Because this is, this is a good treasure. The total cancellation of your sins. Come on. All that stuff, like you're never going to make it. Oh, you done messed up this time too much. And God's like, canceled, canceled, canceled. What? Run, tell somebody. It's free. It's free. If somebody started giving a million dollars right now, I'll have a bunch of million dollars. I'm going to give everybody a million dollars. Go get everybody out there that has a million, that wants a million dollars. Will you not go running right now like a maniac? Yo, they're giving a million dollars. Go get a million dollars. Right or wrong? Come on. Salvation is the best treasure. We all should be shouting it from the rooftop. We all should be excited about the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is salvation for whoever believes. If you believe, you get it. You just got to believe. It's yours. I don't got to do nothing. No, it's yours. Salvation, I'm loved forever. Yes. And you'll see as you step into that, your whole life is going to be like, whoa. 
something's different. Something changes. Because you could go back. I could go back. To you, I could go back. I'm a grown man. I'm 44 years old. If I wanted to go to the club right now, I'm sorry. If you got mad, I could go hit the club right now. I could. Because I'm free to do it. But you know, it's not going to do nothing for me. It's not going to do nothing for me. I prefer to be here jumping and shouting and praising the Lord. I'll go to the club, but you know we're going to have revival, right? <laughs> Some people here being out with me in the streets. Oh, we're going to bring it. I've seen prostitutes get filled with the Holy Ghost. I've seen drag queens get filled with the Holy Spirit. I saw a woman, a homeless woman, accept Jesus Christ just because I gave her a slice of pizza. I didn't even tell her to get saved. I didn't tell her to accept Jesus. I, didn't tell her, I just said, hey, I'm giving you this slice of pizza because God wants you to know that he loves you. She falls in the middle of the streets, I want Jesus! And I'm like, what did I say? She was repenting. Like I felt I preached a hellfire and brimstone message. And I'm like, nobody just shouts like that because of a slice of pizza. Oh, the goodness of God will make somebody repent better than a message of hell. It will transform a person's life. I remember being in um, Oklahoma, and we were in the clubbing district preaching. And a young man came out of a club, and he told me, he goes, all oh, you preaching all this God stuff. He goes, I, I, I need you to preach to me about hellfire and brimstone. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, I need to feel like I'm going to hell so I can know I'm going to heaven. I was like, dude, that doesn't even make sense. I was like, how about I tell you about hell, heaven so you can believe you're going to heaven? He's like, I've never heard that before. He's like, okay, dude, I'll accept Jesus Christ, but I need you to pray Holy Ghost and fire over me. I was like, this is an easy setup, bro. Like, like, I got jokes. Like, this is really easy. Like, you don't even know who you're talking to, dude. I was like, you, you, you hit the lottery today because I believe on the Holy Ghost and fire. And we pray for that guy. He got hit with the Holy Spirit. He started speaking in tongues. He went crazy in the middle of the streets. He was bowing down in the middle of the streets, weeping. And we're like, that wasn't even hard. The devil is lying to you that you're going to go to the streets and you're going to get rejected. The devil is lying to you that you're going to go to the streets and get persecuted. I am telling you, if you bring that good news, people, the Bible doesn't lie. And let me tell you, Jesus doesn't lie. He said the harvest is ready. The harvest is plentiful. He said, ask the Lord of the harvest. He's not even the Lord of the laborers. You better listen. He's not the Lord of the laborers. That's not what it says. He's the Lord of the harvest. He's their God. They just don't know they have a God yet. They don't know they have a deliverer yet. But the Lord's like, uh, uh, guys, uh, they're ready. Um, guys looking out the window like, hey, they're ready out there. Can, 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 I need you to go. I need you to just go. Stop being afraid. It's going to be revival. It's going to be glory. It's going to be power. I am telling you it's real. Jesus. Where were you? This super abundant grace is already, it's, say it, it's already. It's already powerfully working in us, releasing all forms of wisdom and practical understanding. Oh, you got it. You don't even know you got it. You got it. Go, go like this to somebody. Oh, you got it. You got it. Come on. You don't know what you did. You're like, oh, girl, you got this. You got this. I know I did. You got this. I have no shame. Praise God. I feel fire. And through the revelation of the anointed one, through the rep, you're only bringing the revelation of the anointed one, Jesus.
he unveiled his secret desires to us. The hidden mysteries of this long-range plan, which he was delighted to implement from the very beginning of time. Since the beginning, it's been implemented and you don't even know it. You came from out of time into time and you're still waiting for time. But it was designed from the very beginning, outside of time. I know it's kind of deep. It's like, where are we? <laughs> it's like the twilight zone. We're everywhere. <laughs> We're seated in heavenly places. You think you're sitting in church? Wait until you get there. You're going to be like, wait, so uh, we were here. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're in heavenly places, guys. You made it. You didn't even know you made it. <laughs> Secrets. <laughs> Things you've never heard. <laughs> here they come. You don't get it. It's okay. You're about to get it. <laughs> Faith comes through hearing. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I already spoke it. You heard it. It's going to happen to you. <laughs> You're like, I cannot believe that stuff. Sorry, you don't have to believe it. It went through your ear already. <laughs> your heart caught it. And you don't even know it caught it. It's about to happen. One day you're going to be like, oh, my God, I just got hit with a glory. You might be driving your car and be like, oh, my God, I just had a revelation of Jesus. That's how it happens. It happened to me. I was drinking, smoking, sleeping around. It, oh, my God, I, I had a revelation of Jesus in my house. I called my parents. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. that I was wrong with you. Jesus came for me. They're like, what? Jesus came for me. He saved me. He saved me. It wasn't a prayer in church. It was an encounter with the king. It changed me. Hallelujah. And because of his unfailing purpose, this detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time. Listen to those words. From generation to generation. I don't know, I don't know if we're the last generation, because every generation claims to be the last generation. I'm like, look, I have a feeling this is about to keep going. But we're gonna leave. And I see another generation. You know, another generation is already being birthed. Some of you are going to bring forth another generation. And you think God's bringing this generation forth so they could die? No, 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 no. You about to birth a child? Let me tell you something. It's because a prophet is coming. And if a prophet is coming, it's because some good news are coming. Some news still need to be announced. Only God knows when the last person on earth needs to be born. It might be another thousand years. I don't know. I'm not being theological here. But too many people in my old pastor, like, Jesus is coming in our time. Jesus is coming in our time. Jesus came. They already died. Uh, yeah, the moment you die, he came for you. Bye. See you later. All the people from my old church when I was growing up, they already passed. Anybody else went through that? Or just me? Right? They all left. And now our parents, everybody's getting closer. I'm like, oh, snap. It's getting closer. It's getting closer. I just keep telling people, yo, it's happening. Hey, guys. Guys. That's all I'm doing. I promise you. One of these days you're going to be like, dad, Abraham's gone. I'll be like, ha, ha, told you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm counting the day. I still want another 50 years, though, because there's a lot of hurting people out there. And I feel like what God is doing in here is going to take a little bit, but it's going to go kaboom. And I, I feel like people in this church are going to end up in Alaska somewhere. Some of you are going to end up in Africa. Some of you are going to end up in different continents preaching the gospel. Man, who's this crazy man that showed up here? Like, I bring the word of the Lord. Some of you are going to go far in the things of God. 
you're going to end up in a nation you haven't even thought about it yet. You think, no, this is my life. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You think you're going to just, you think, ooh, you're going so far. The world needs to hear what you got to say. Mm-hmm. Access. I see God giving you access. Now, open doors. God's going to, I see a long hallway and the doors are going, doom, 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 open, open, open. They're not being shut. They were shut this whole time. Now they're going, doom, open, open, open. You're going to be running through those hallways. Jump in, jump out, go to the other one. Releasing the message of God. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. So I'm going to stop here. Let me see. Well, let me see a pick a spot. But we're going to be continuing these few, week, these few weeks with Ephesians because this is good, right? So I'm going to just stop. I thought I was going to make it to chapter 2 now. I tried it on Facebook Live. I went for like three hours. I was falling on the ground having visions of heaven. I was like, oh, my God. So let's just go here. And because of his unfailing purpose, it's not going to fail. It's not going to fail. Stop believing the lie that it's going to fail. It's not going to fail. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. And they're not plans to harm you. They're plans to give you a future and a hope. They're plans to bless you. It's not going to fail. The plan of God over your life will not fail. I rebuke the lie that it will fail. This detailed plan will reign supreme through every period of time, from you to your kids. It didn't even start with you. It started with your grandmama's, 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 grandmama over there. She chose to believe, and you're part of that generation of blessed people, and you thought you were going to get away. The devil thought he was going to intervene in your family's generation, and God said, no, she belongs to me. And your grandchildren belong to the Lord. Your great, 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 great grandchildren belong to the Lord. From generation unto generation, you'll get to heaven and you'll see you're gonna you're gonna be like, whoa, all these people? All yes, all these people. And you're only part of the crowd, too. You're not the first one. You're just part of the crowd. You're just part of the lineage. From every period of time until the fulfillment of all the ages, finally finally reaches its climax when God makes all things new in all of heaven and earth through Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm going to stop there because we will have church till tomorrow. Why not? <laughs> Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.